Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today and Happy New Year. It is 2021 officially. And here we are in a brand new week. I love Mondays. And I was thinking about as we get the year started, I want to focus on Colossians 4 4. I pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. That's what I want to do is proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly as I should. And I, um, that is my goal for the year is to continue that uh, great mission of Faith Radio is to. Um, spread the gospel and and disciple and and uh, and be in fellowship with each other. So that's uh, that's what I hope happens, uh, starting right now. There we go. All right, we're gonna have a great show. Patrick Albanese will be joining me to get things started. There's lots to catch up with because I haven't uh, spoken to him in a while, and I know there's lots of news in his world, especially because I think he added another birthday since last time we talked, and I don't think it's a small one. So we'll catch up with that, and then David Miles will be in for the Monday afternoon mix. Looking forward to that. And then uh, Professor Ken Samples will be joining me in hour two. We're going to talk about uh, logic. That's going to be an interesting discussion. So uh, how to make a persuasive, logical argument. I will have my notebook and pen out. I think if you're like me, you will want to uh, not miss a minute of that. So let's get started. Patrick Albanese, of course, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa in the wonderful, prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to yeah, you. Same to you. You've had you a, survived. I did survive. <laughs> You've had a busy week or so, especially because you had a birthday in there. I did. I uh, I made it. Is that a trip around the sun? I don't know. I'm it's, not sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we marked those days and uh, uh, the 30th was my birthday, five days after Christmas. In a, and it was actually a good thing, by the way when I was a kid, to have a birthday five days after Christmas. I know everybody thinks, oh, must have been horrible because uh, you would get these combination presents. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I always figured it was a way for my parents to justify, because I was probably their favorite, getting me something larger and more expensive. But um, it was also, if you didn't get something for Christmas, you could you know, go back to your parents and say, I'm resubmitting this list. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I really want now that I didn't get. Yeah, apparently you did not understand the depth of my desire for the aforementioned items. <laughs> there we go. They are now written in Sharpie. You have five days. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, uh, I've got a theory that's never caught on. I would like, I think this is a good theory. They keep talking about the 12 days of Christmas. All right, yeah. so maybe we just celebrate the birth of Jesus without any gift exchange whatsoever. Then the day after Christmas when, you know, everybody starts uh, returning stuff, and then a few days later things go on sale, that's when you go do your yeah. shopping. And then on the twelfth oh on the twelfth day of Christmas, you get together and exchange gifts. I not, I think I can add to that. Maybe maybe you know because the stores will be are so crazy on the twenty sixth. Right. That you could probably stand in a like a parking lot with a bunch of cash and say, "I'll give you five <laughs> bucks for that." Right there. You don't want to go in there. You don't yeah. want to go in there and deal with that return uh, thing. But, the, but uh, the, the stores are empty. Everything's on sale. It'd be a good time to say now is the time to shop. And then on the twelfth day of Christmas. Uh, you can gather with family, keep extending the holiday, make it longer, and enjoy that 
Christmas Eve and Christmas Day just simply focused on the birth of our Savior and then have uh, 11 more days to shop and exchange gifts. That's just a theory I've got. It's not going to catch on. I, trust I like me. it. Yeah, but it's not going to work. Trust me. Well, it's because people kind of, it is kind of fun to, you know, open the gifts on that day. And uh, we got to, you know, we had a very small gathering. It's just the, the same immediate family, you know, uh, the, this, how do you know how many of us there are now at this point that uh, can manage to get together? But it was, you know, a couple of kids, a couple of adults, and we still managed to have a great time. So, you know, and then you, you, you toss a birthday on the pile. Um, it, it was, you know, this is where social media, by the way, is kind of nice because instead of people getting into arguments, they send you birthday wishes, which I think is, you know, I, obviously I would have preferred they sent a card with a 20 in it. But mm -hmm. if, if the people that wished me happy birthday on Facebook had all sent me $20, You'd have a hard time getting through to me. I'll tell you, I'd have a secretary. You'd have to be wow. a filter. But, you know, everybody's going. I'd have to go through your people. I'd have to go through your people. All right. I would have enough money to hire people for a couple of days. Nice. Yeah. But, yeah, people are calling you old. It's like suddenly going, oh, you're old. You're old. No. I've got a late birthday card today for my sister. She goes, you're, you're old. And I go, I, well, to that I say horse feathers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Balderdash. You know, Balderdash. You, you should just unfriend them. I should just, yeah, you know, I'm sitting here sipping my sarsaparilla with a hint of prune juice, and I say, I don't feel old. <laughs> no, what time does Matlock end? Because, you know, I'm tired. Yeah, I get that. So when I'm thinking of the Christmas gift that your mother-in-law gave your uh, wife and other siblings, pretty impressive. I, I'd, love you to, I'd love for you to tell that story. Oh, gosh. It's... Uh... You know, a number I, have, of, I have a point to make on this, just so you know. Yes. Oh, good, because I don't. Yeah, but I do. <laughs> so that'll help. Oh, good. Uh, a number of years ago, she had given all the kids like a, this big chest full of some of their, you know, here, here's some of your, here are your homework papers from third grade. And and it was a humongous hit. This was probably 12 or 13 years ago. But um, she sat down, uh, grabbed a VCR and watched uh, no less than 120 hours of videotape of them growing up. Um, she, cause it was 60 videotapes of, you know, roughly two to four hours of material on each one. Um, so Janet's father just, they got a video camera. He documented everything. And then she even found old film and had the, tr the super eight films transferred and hands them a zip drive. I don't know how long it took her. It took her months I think she started this project in the summer and she just barely finished it in time for Christmas and they got a little zip drive with their childhood on it. Wow. <laughs> it was, mm -hmm. uh, what a, oh my gosh. And we, we started, you know, a part of me is thinking, well, I wasn't there when any of this happened. What interest will I have in this? And they just get so caught up in it, especially like I'm looking at my wife as a 10 year old. Um, she's getting a Christmas present. I think I told you the coat story where they swapped out the nice coat for the, the, the terrible, ugly coat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so I got to actually watch the video of her opening the the present that she was so positive what was in it. Cause she had opened it and peeked and then rewrapped it. <laughs> and then here it is Christmas mm. morning. She's opening it and she's, she knows what's in it, but she can't let them know that she knows. And this just, Awful, oh, ugly, boy. Yeah. dirty old Goodwill coat comes out, and 
the look of disappointment and then the words that came out of her mouth like, I, but no, this isn't what I wanted. Oh, gosh, it was priceless. Mm -hmm. And then seeing her dad back in his younger, healthier days before he passed uh, and her brother who passed last year, you know, as, as just a kid, he was only 40, 40 years old when he passed away. Um, it's just like, wow, what a gift. What an unbelievable gift. There's a well over 100 hours of material. Wow, to, that's uh, something. And, and you go, you're. Re she's like, I'm reliving it. I'm in my grandma's basement with those cat pictures on the wall. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can smell everything. I can see it yeah. all. And we haven't been there in, you know, 30 years. Yeah. It was beautiful. So my question is, and this is the point I'm trying to get to, is are you able to be aware of life as you're living it? I mean, are you in the good old days right now? I think you have to always assume you are, and, mm -hmm. and I'm not. I'm not very good at that. You know, I well, will throw that out there. I'm not good at it. I can get so easily lost in. Even I once had a conversation about how goofy we can be about. You know, somebody says, "Hey, why don't we um, go over to you know." Uh, grandma's house and have lunch and you're thinking, well, I have things to do. And, and, and somebody, if they were to say what things you'd say, you know, I don't know what those are yet, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, I'm <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I have sure things. I have things. I yeah. have things. And for some reason, my first reaction is, is, you know, reluctance. And then I go and I do the thing because I've learned over the years, just go do it. Uh, and, uh, I'm always so grateful and it does help me live in, you know, it's like, this is a moment and these go and these people go, you know, what part of watching these old videos is you say, well, grandma and grandpa are gone. There's uncle Wes. He's gone. There's Bob, Janet's uh, father. He's gone. Her brother's gone. And you say, this is, you know, the a way to still have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, And, you know, if you don't ex enjoy those moments when they're actually happening and you don't have a videotape of it, what are you going to have? Yeah. So the big question, I'll try to ask it again, because I think you've, an you've answered it, is do you realize life as you're living it? Are you in this moment with your kids who are, what, 10 and 11 going, this is utterly fantastic right now. This is yes. spectacular because if uh, you, know, you only see it in the rearview mirror, I think there's trouble there. Uh, the kids are one of the things that help me get a better grip on that mindset. Because I, I could easily be the person that, you know, planned a trip to Disney World. And the minute I set foot in Disney World said, okay, I can't wait for this to be over so I can <laughs> talk about how great it was. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was terrible that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, having a talk with them the other day when things with my mother-in-law can sometimes take a while. You know, if she plans a meal, it says we're going to eat at one o'clock, it'll be three. And, uh, so I'm teaching the kids, this is, let's just don't complain about it. Let's just go on over there, make the best of, you know, waiting a little bit longer, have yeah. a snack before we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never known you to complain while, about free food. No. Uh, but then while we're there, thoroughly enjoy the time that we're there because it's, it's you say, OK, we're going to be over there for four hours. And, you know, a 10 and 11 year old can say, gosh, we're going to be there. We're probably going to be there four or five hours. It's like, I know. And I'm telling you right here, right now, I wish I had that many more hours with my grandparents. They right. lived two blocks away. I, I was fortunate because I walked over there a lot because, 
grandpa was always a good source of, you know, $2. (laughs) And he'd hand me that empty lawn bag, said, fill this with weeds, two bucks. Yeah. You $2. Yeah. Six hours later, (laughs) there's my $2 and actually a glass of prune juice. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So the important thing is, is that we realize life as we're living it. We're in this moment. We're thinking this is spectacular. Uh, otherwise, when are you going to know you're in the good old days before you've left them? And the, and the good old days should be always throughout all of life. Yeah, because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And when we have difficulties and trials and suffering and disappointments and heartbreaks and everything else, uh, this is the day that the Lord has given us. So I think these are always going to be the good old days, right? They always be the good old days. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you're going through. And then, as you know, when things change, I, I, I guarantee you'll be so grateful if you enjoyed them while they were there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you and I both have had the experience. We both lost fathers at a young age. And you think, well, gosh, you know, I got no time with him. And he, and he never saw me do anything. You know, I mean, you know, he handed me a fishing pole and said, stick that in the water and you'll catch something. That was about the extent of, uh, you know, dad passing knowledge on to his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go, oh gosh, I had no idea that this was going to be, you know, uh, such a fleeting time yeah. and that it was all going to go so quickly. Yeah. So yeah, live in this be, moment. To be aware. Yeah. Let, let me take a little break. Patrick Albany is my guest getting things started on a Monday. So glad you're with me today. It's so nice to be back from a little bit of a break. It felt wonderful, and it's so nice to be back with you. 17 minutes after the hour. Be back in a minute. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd Welcome back to the show. It is uh, Monday, and I love Mondays. And I always enjoy starting it off with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, there's been some interesting other little pieces of news as Congress uh, reconvened. The opening prayer was done by uh, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver. He's representing the 5th District in Missouri. He's a former, let's see, um, uh, Methodist pastor. Oh. And he gave a very uh, interesting close to his prayer. I'm sure by now most have heard. But he ended the prayer with a man and a woman. Yes, I see. (laughs) (laughs) He must be using some of the old text that was translated from the original Hebrew. <laughs> I don't believe that amen is a gendered word. It's not. It means so be it, does it not? Yep, it's exactly it. Uh, why? I, so that's a, a, a very unusual type of pandering, for lack of a better term, that, you know, are you trying to... I, uh, I, was he hoping to make a theological point? Because that might have missed. <laughs> I don't think so. Him. I think it, it had more of a political uh, take to it than a spiritual one, because a, a pastor should probably know better, I would hope. I would hope. that's a, uh, It's unfortunately uh, for him, it doesn't necessarily make him look um, educated in the way of the Bible. It's just making it up as you go along. I, I would be nervous sitting in a congregation 
where somebody got something that obvious, that incorrect. Say, what else, what else is, you know, kind of coming my way that might not be quite as it was written? Mm-hmm. I think that I get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah. If he, if he believes it was an honest mistake, that would be interesting if he corrected himself. I don't know if that will happen. Uh, but yeah. when you hear things like that coming from pastors, um, it's a good thing that we can go to God's Word and, and know exactly what it means and not have to sit there and think, well, that's not right. Yeah, it's in the book. It's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, there. We, we were left a reference manual and uh, uh, granted. Yeah, I, I remember many, many moons ago when I had gotten a um, ticket as a teenager and I had to go to traffic school. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, it was pizza traffic school. You got to eat pizza. Nice. They were, that was back when they were traffic school was competing for your attention. They'd have comedian traffic school. <laughs> Juggler, juggler traffic school. That one didn't go over so well. Uh, but I remember the guy teaching the class. He pulls out the, um, I forgot the actual name. It wasn't like the rules of the road book, but it was, you know, some sort of, he had a list of every traffic law. I don't know. It was an inch, inch and a half, two inches thick. I can't remember. It was a huge book. And he was adamant that we should all pick up a copy and read it. <laughs> so that we go, because every, it, it's all in there. It's all in there. Now, uh, that might be uh, something that this pastor could do with a thing called the Bible. It's like you might want to pick this up and just show me where the amen, the a woman thing uh, was in there and what it actually means, because I would love to have the explanation. I, I don't I, I think you're right that you can't really apologize for an honest mistake. That's that's intentional. So it's right. not a mistake. Right. And if you and I learned one thing from uh, the great Arthur Fonzarelli, it would be one thing, and that is. It's nearly impossible to admit you're wrong, which is uh, oh, it's a sad commentary. I think when people are make mistakes and are wrong, they should uh, apologize, they should ask forgiveness, and they should uh, make right with the people that they have offended. Yeah, I, I think it would go a long way. I, you know, I, I wonder if we've just gotten—I I don't want to say the word is coarsened as a culture— but uh, it just seems that, uh, you know, going way back to, you know, Bill Clinton's famous lies, and there, there, there was something about, well, you, you tell the lie, and you stick with it until you get caught. And then when you get caught, you just ignore it. And I, I, I feel like there's been a lot of movement in that direction that people just sort of disappear when they get caught in a lie, because they can't. They're like Arthur Fonzarelli. I was, <laughs> oh, and I tell you, I can't think of a faster way to make a problem go to go away than just if you were wrong, admitting it and saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Who, who, who gets upset at the guy that says that? Yeah, that's uh, an honest admission with an apology usually goes a long way. Uh, it goes a long way with me. I, you know, I'm not very good at holding grudges anyway. So, you know, I, I'm, an, I'm an ideal person to grudge against. <laughs> I tend to, you know, I go, oh, that's right. You did that to me that, that one time, though, so many years ago. But um, I, I really, I don't understand what he was, I guess, trying to accomplish is, you know, it, it, all it feels like is, a, a, is pandering to say, look at me, I'm woke. Is that the new thing, being woke? Mm, I don't know. I would just anticipate more from the pastor, but that's... Politics usually uh, take precedence when you're in front of a bunch of other politicians. 
Yeah, and remember how you, you used to, you know, years ago you would often talk about, you know, the devil doesn't really need to completely misread the Bible, just, you know, a little, uh, a 5% um, 3%. change. 3%. Yeah. 3%. Uh, was it was enough to start people off on a path, but it seems like we are now at the leapfrogging phase of the program, where people just, uh, you know, as you know, people are very quick to use the old phrase. Well, the Jesus I believe in. Mm-hmm. That's been around forever, we, though. Yeah, that's been around forever. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't think I recall a time when people were so comfortable and um, absolute in that belief that well, nope. It's perfectly fine what I did. Yeah, and Jesus we are, would be cool with it. We are losing our absolutes. There's no real right or wrong. Um, so that gets to be problematic as well. It's one of the big problems in our world today is the pluralism and relativism. Uh, my, you know my uh, a friend of mine named Greg, a magician friend of ours, uh, great guy. And I used to love it when he would encounter the person that would say the, well, I don't believe in absolutes because there's all this gray area. He says, you don't believe in absolutes? And they'd say, nope. He'd say, do you believe that absolutely? (laughs) 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 The stutter step that would would often happen, (laughs) usually followed by, I'm never speaking to you again. It was just such a a, a clever way. He wasn't trying to entrap them, but he's like, it's impossible not to believe in absolutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We try. Mm-hmm. You know, we try. We try to gr- put everything into a gray area anymore, because mm-hmm. well, I think it resolves us. When we think it. When there's not absolutes, though, Christianity seems to become more marginalized, um, and that's not right either. So, Christians, believers, we have to stand up for absolute truth, even yeah. if it means you're not going to be popular. There's yes. a good chance you won't. Sad to say. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you will still remain popular with. The one guy that matters. That's correct. Yeah. All right, Patrick, it's awfully nice to reconnect again. It's uh, nice to uh, hear your voice and to uh, get back on the air. Uh, it's always nice to have a little bit of a break. It gives you a chance to uh, yeah. uh, kind of recharge the old battery. So thanks so much for being a part of the show. And I know uh, a lot of my listeners really look forward to Mondays at 4 with you. So thanks so much once again. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we remembered how to do it. No, no kidding. <laughs> well... It was, uh, we did okay today, I think. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. Right? <laughs> it's like riding a bike. All right, have a good day. Thanks, you too. Yep, Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Pastor David Miles as we do the Monday afternoon mix with Miles and Arnold. That's what's all ahead. Coming up in hour two, Ken Samples, who's a philosopher and theologian, will be joining me, and we're going to talk on how to make a logical argument going to be all ahead. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really glad to be uh, connecting once again with you, finding out uh, exactly what's going on in your world. Let me know if you've got uh, something you need me to be aware of or pray for or some big piece of news you'd like to share. Send it over to me at 877-933-2484. Just you and me today. We'll be back with David in a minute. Let's get it started. Jump in your 
It's so nice to start off the new year with the Monday afternoon mix with Miles and Arnold. There's no Maxwell uh, anymore, part of the team, but uh, that's uh, we miss her and love her. We and, do. Yeah. Yes. And it's you and me, David. It is. Yeah. How you doing, Bill? I'm good. David Miles is uh, the pastor of Life Groups and Leader Development Pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. He's also a adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern in Biblical Studies. Yeah. And you know, what's cool kind of about what you talked about, it's not me, yeah. but more so about about Jesus. And, and I love the fact that Jesus makes all things new. And I love kind of, you know, I get to I get to serve with a wonderful group of people at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. Um, but I also really love the fact that we can give a New Hope Bill. That's I love great. it. Yeah. So question I have for you today the listeners, not you, David Miles, but the listeners, is what do you hope for this year? I mean, here we are. We're, you know, for some of you, you've made resolutions, and those are already over. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> um, but what do you hope for? That's the question. If you have a, a willingness to share, let me know what it is. Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Of course, what it is you hope for? Yeah. It doesn't even have to be spiritual, right? No, no, you know, it's whatever, can, whatever you're hoping for. I mean, like we can cast all our cares. I mean, and I think of like scripture says of God knows, you know, the number of hairs on our head and I shaved my head today. So a man, minus a whole bunch, uh, then he, he knows and he cares about the smallest things in our life. You the know, smallest details he cares about the smallest details. How awesome is that? You know, I think like right now, you know, Bill, you have a big heart. And only the Lord knows how many times your heart has beat over mm. your lifetime, even the times when it's skipped. So if he's got it down that much in his sovereignty, then yeah, he, he's intimately acquainted with the things that are going on in people's hearts and minds today. All right. I know you've got something that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, we might get some listeners jumping in, but let's, um, let's talk about this, uh, getting this new year, getting the, the switch turned on. Well, one of the things is you, you, you know it's New Year's when you, uh, you switch from A-Y-C-E, all you can eat, to all you can lose. Like, boom. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It, it happens all the time. And the other day, like, I just, like, TV was on, and I'm not sure if I was, you know, eating some homemade Coogan uh, that my, my mom, Joyce, in Cullum, North Dakota, made. And by the way, because she asked me this over break, when I was talking about losing weight and about her cooking being really good, mm-hmm. I want to make it perfectly clear. I was not blaming her. Okay. <laughs> so, um, she's a phenomenal cook. At the end of the day, it, it's, it's you know, me, my fork, my elbow, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. But, you know, uh, <laughs> not but, and. So, yeah, but mm-hmm. kind of, but's like all those wonderful things, but, you know, no. So, um but yeah, just watching this like shift and all of a sudden like I looked up and like there's all these gym commercials. Oh yeah. Now now's the time they they come yeah. up. Yeah. And we just went from like you know, eat, indulge and yeah, I mean like excess. Boom. Yes. Yeah. Yummy, you know. Mm-hmm. And is that kind of the same thing with shopping and you know, now everyone's returning things? Yeah, and dreading the bills that are coming. Yeah, I, I was listening in because, you know, you and Patrick are are the bomb. It is really really cool. And I I I kind of like your idea there about the, you know, celebrating Christmas. But we just, it would stretch it out. Oh, yeah, stretch you know, it out. The 12 days of Christmas, I've never fully understood that. 
But if we did make it into 12 days, it would give us something additional to look forward to. Over the seven lords of leaping? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then everything is way on sale. It is way, way on, on sale. Like way. Mm-hmm. Like way on sale. And then you gather one more time at the end of those 12 days and exchange gifts and then maybe help people take their decorations down. Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, sometimes things Not just kind of, they, they, they last for such like a short period, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you do want to like stretch that out. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the sweetness um, of God is that, you know, you, he stretches out eternity, stretches out um, our time with him. Um, we have a dear sister who works here, Amanda, at the KTIS. And uh, just, you know, her father went home to be with the Lord last March, mm-hmm. it was March 13th. And so ran into her on the way in and was just asking, like, you know, how's it been? How was, you know, first Christmas? And people in our listening audience know that, like, the first Thanksgiving or the first Christmas without your loved one. It's a new, it's kind of a new kind of, you know, grieving, not as without hope, but still grieving. And uh, I actually thought it hadn't been as long. And she's like, yeah, it's been like March. And I said, March, like March 13th. And so we kind of subtracted and figured that's about 68 days. So roughly her dad has been partying because one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is Mm -hmm. a day. So 3,000, you know, days, he's, he's just been partying with the Lord. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's, he's not wanting to come back. And mm-hmm. like, no, you know, don't blame him. So how do we get to this? I mean, like everyone's saying New Year's, you know, Happy New Year's. So how do we get to the fact like right now, January 1st is considered uh, the New Year? Now, smarter people than me um, actually had a little note on this. The BBC Northwest actually asked the question, why is New Year on January 1st? And they said, actually, take a 2,000 years back. Uh, in 45 BC, Julius Caesar introduced the Julian calendar based on how long it took the Earth to orbit the sun, roughly 365 days. As we know, there's a quarter, so we've had to throw in a leap year, which those people who have leap year birthdays, they're really young. Very young. Very, very young. And so when Caesar decided to do so. He decided to start the year. Now, for Romans, they were saying this was, you know, significant because it was actually named after the god Janus. And Janus, if you would see pictures of him, has a face looking forward and a face looking back. So they said if there was any time for people to uh, look and start afresh, this was kind of an obvious pick. And so also during that time in Europe, it was the time after the winter solstice, you know, so the days get shorter coming up to December 21st. And uh, for Romans, it was, you know, the days were terribly short. The world was cold. It was dark. There was nothing growing. There was no work to do in the fields. And so it was a period of hiatus and reflection, you know. And I don't know about you, Bill. Uh, In my neighborhood, love our development, love our neighbors, know all our neighbors, been praying for them, have some really neat relationships and things like that. And when winter comes, like people hibernate. Mm-hmm. Like it's like Sayonara. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not sure if it's that way in your neighborhood or Ryan, if that's how it is where you're at, where you kind of see your neighbors for a little bit and then boom, they're gone. Yeah, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate for mm-hmm. my situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Bill? Well, you, you, Usually, usually see them when they're out snow blowing or shoveling. Yes. Yeah, that is the one time to connect. Although yeah. they're usually standing by a loud machine. It's hard to make True. conversation. 
So, you know, Bill, you bring up something interesting just as an aside of a way that we can, you know, minister to our neighbors. You know, if you do shovel or you like to snow blow or things like that, mm-hmm. occasionally doing that for a neighbor. And uh, I know when, when we first moved into our house, um, it was on a big April 14th blizzard that happened in 2018. You know, great, we're, you know, Minnesota, of course, it's April, blizzard, right. why not? And I was digging out and all of a sudden I looked up and my one neighbor, Matt, was there, my other new neighbor, Brendan, and then one of my, my next door neighbor, Travis. And Matt looked at me and said, welcome to the neighborhood, neighbor. Wow. And that, that was the start of our relationship. And so, so, yeah, so this whole new thing is that winter actually was a dark period of time. So as the Romans, because they were in charge, grew in power, uh, the calendar spread throughout the empire. But in the Middle Ages, Christianity took hold, and January 1st was seen as too pagan. You know, and Bill, you did a wonderful job last year, even just helping us understand like Christmas, like its rural roots and things like that. So then a lot of countries actually switched to March 25th because that was the day that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. And so it stayed that way until the 16th century when Pope Gregory the 13th introduced the Gregorian calendar. Something about these people naming calendars after themselves. I know. Well, we call it the billion or we call it the Arnoldism. Mm, what would you go with? I would just probably go with... Uh... The Arnoldism calendar. The Arnoldism yeah. calendar. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then, so January 1st, then at that point, was restored to the New Year's Day in Catholic countries. But England was Protestant. And so they continued to use March 25th until 1752 when an act of parliament brought the nation into line with much of Europe. And nowadays, most countries use the Gregorian calendar, which is why we see fireworks exploding on the 1st of January. You know, so that that's one of the big things. But again, what's super cool is that any day, today is the 4th of January, but any day can be the fresh start of a new day and a new life for you in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So He's the same cool. yesterday, today, and forever. So if today is your day of salvation, that's a beautiful thing. That is. Do not harden your heart if you're listening and thinking God is trying to get my attention right now. All right? So today would be the day that you would come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You would say, yes, I want to be forgiven of my sin, and I believe in Jesus. Yeah. Pretty simple step. It is. Incredible sacrifice that Jesus made. And so incredible that he's made it such a simple step. Mm -hmm. You know, something uh, that confounds the wise, but is simplest for a child to believe And I think we kind of learned from last year that life has its unexpected and that tomorrow isn't promised, even though we have full trust in the one who holds tomorrow. Um, So, you know, as you look at this new year, um, and maybe last year you you jumped in thinking, hey, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And maybe this year saying, Lord, if it's your will, and if you would empower me and let me walk with you, Go into this year putting Jesus first and foremost in your life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some promises of Scripture while we're at it, David. Oh, I'm so grateful uh, for God's Word because it is uh, true and it does speak life. And I heard an interesting part of you guys' conversation earlier. Uh, you know, amen does mm-hmm. just mean yes. Verily, verily. Mm-hmm. That's what the King James used to say. It, it was an affirmation of yes, yes. And so... Um, but one of the things is that 
In Lamentation 3.1, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And what's so fascinating about this is that a couple verses later, you see this verse that many might remember that says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so it's helpful for us to remember or realize that when Jeremiah is writing this lamentation, it's not exactly, you know, during a really wonderful time uh, in the nation's history. You know, matter of fact, uh, they're being besieged by the Babylonians, and uh, it's a pretty ugly time. And you have just a number of things that led to him being the weeping prophet. Literally, a siege is when a military group would basically shut down a city. You know, they'd shut down the food and the water and all of those things actually getting to people. So there was just a lot of death. And so Jeremiah, he even he remarks, he remarks earlier in verse 14, you know, I've become the laughingstock of all people, the objects of their taunt all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. My teeth grind on gravel, and he cowers me in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. And, you know, they even talk about in the book uh, that things were so bad that even moms, due to the starvation, were eating their own young. I mean, like, that's, that's pretty horrid when you think of the mm. powerful tie of the maternal instinct. And so... It's in the midst of death and of tragedy and of a dark, dark winter that we read these words that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and that his mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. So just like the sun comes up today and Lord willing tomorrow, his mercies are new. Mm -hmm. Take a short break. Pastor David Miles is in the Monday afternoon mix. So glad he's here. We'll be right back. David Miles, Pastor David Miles is with me. He's a life groups and leadership development pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. Also an adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern in Biblical Studies. So David, let's go to Isaiah as we're talking about what are we hoping for in the new year? Let's talk about Isaiah 43, starting in 18. Well, one of the things that I had for... Um you know, for a period of time, was like doing some reading in the morning, and I had these things that I called impossible or God affirmations. And uh, one of the neat things is just that God's word in Isaiah 43, um, he just, you know, after speaking and saying a bruised reed, he will not break, or a fainting wick, he will not crush out, he then gets to um, verse 18, and he says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And then in the end of this verse, he says, I will make a way 
in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so, you know, one of the things that can happen, um, God's blessed us with the ability to remember and God often calls us to remember, like remember in communion and remember his faithfulness. And then he also calls us to look forward. And that's the beauty of communion. Communion is looking back at what Christ has done, our promises in the present, but also looking forward at what Christ is still going to do. And so as we look into this uh, new year, um, we have a God who created all things and he's not done. He's a creator of God. And so here he talks to Isaiah and says, you know, I can, I will make, I will, future tense, make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so I guess I want to encourage, you know, myself, uh, you, others, as we look forward and say, God, will you continue to be the faithful God that you are and then continue just to show up and show off in this next year. And that's going to look different in a whole bunch of different ways for people. Um, you know, I know for, you know, me, we have a, we have a senior DJ and love her older son. And uh, thank you for the audience who's prayed for him one time when he had this weird chin thing that happened that he had to have surgery for. Um, but he, along with a whole bunch of seniors in our listening audience are, are coming up upon making decisions for college. You have parents who are like, praying through, like, how do I help my senior? How do I walk with them? You have grandparents who are praying for them, and you have brothers and sisters. And so, you know, there's new things ahead for them, even in the midst of this kind of crazy time that we're living in. Uh, so those are some things that we have for that we have uh, to look forward to. Um, we have things where people are in the midst of stuff that's still carrying over. Um, I would love prayer for a baby named Emmy G., um, and mom and dad's name is Ezra and Rebecca, and they're down at the Mayo, and their one daughter came into the world without kidneys. And so and it's just having some, you just got a text earlier, there's some, there's some complications happening today, uh, and just for wisdom for the doctors, that God would move, and for family members who don't know Christ and don't believe in Christ, that God would be delighted to show up in incredible ways that confounds experts and wisdom and doctors and things like that, that only he can get credit for, you know? So, so as we look at Isaiah, you know, God's like, I'm doing a new thing. And I think he gives us hope because whatever happened yesterday, that's done. You know, we might have the consequences and ramifications, but today is a new day and tomorrow is an opportunity. And, and it's an opportunity to say, God, would you move? Would you give me wisdom that I don't have? Will you do Jeremiah 33, 2 and 3, where the Lord says, call unto me and I'll answer you. Bill, I love that. That God first tells us, call unto me. And then he says, hey, by the way, I will answer you. It's like it's God's phone number. Yeah. And then he says, and I'll show you great and marvelous things that you don't know. Yeah, that you do not know. So God's got a lot of work with me because there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't <laughs> know, but need help with. And so... So with that, um, trusting the Lord where you're at and saying, God, will you make a way, you know, not at the beach, it's saying make a way in the wilderness and streams and a wasteland. So I'm not sure what you're going through today. I'm not sure what news you just got over the noon hour. Um, God is with you and he, he hasn't left you. Jesus said, behold, I will never know not ever leave you nor not ever forsake you. So 
All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. It's really a wonderful uh, promise and truth that once you come to saving faith in Christ, the old is has gone, the new is here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as we start our new year, we're always looking for new beginnings and new starts and uh, fresh initiatives. And uh, we've got all this kind of enthusiasm. But the truth is, once you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Yeah. And I, I think it's, Bill, it, it's a helpful thing going back to what we even talked about at the opening, you know, kind of the big switch from all you can eat to all you can lose. <laughs> And in a society that just so emphasizes on, you know, the outward appearance and looks. And so we we can run ourselves like ragged um, trying to get to a certain size or things like that. And here scripture is saying God does a work within us to make us a new creation. And, uh, you know, that's really sweet for us to remember that our identity is in him. Um, earlier in Second Corinthians, it talks about that even though we're wasting away on the outside, we're being renewed on the inside. And so actually, as the world would say, you know, you're getting older and, and maybe you're missing out on X, Y, and Z, and you need to be this younger self. Actually, you know what? I, I don't want to go back to being 18, you know, or 24. Mm-hmm. And like right now, God has been working in your life, even taking you through trials and suffering and hardship last year and allowing us to be refined as pure gold and reflecting Christ uh, to just move and work through your life this year. And so we can step into new things and we can be reminded that our identity isn't, isn't in like all of our achievement. Our identity is what Christ has done for us and it's him that makes us new. Amen. Amen. It's the work of God in our life. It's so powerful. It is powerful. Mm-hmm. So, what do you what are you looking for to to the year, Bill? Um, well, I started off. You probably didn't hear my opening, which is fine. Uh, but I was referring to Colossians four four. Mm. You've got your Bible handy. Do you want to read that, or yep. do you want me to read it for you? I will get there. And boom! This is such a good book. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and the fourth chapter. Oh, there's that sweet sound, the sound of Scripture oh, turning. Ba- yes, Bible pages turning. So, Colossians 4.4? 4? Yep. Okay. That's after that really sweet passage on prayer. Mm-hmm. Can I start at 2? Please, go ahead. Oh, 2 is so good. Continue steadfast in prayer. Be watchful for it in thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be bold and proclaim it clearly as I should. And it goes on in a very salient way to say, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to, how you ought to answer each person. Bill, I think... There's my goal for the year. That would be such a powerful, amazing witness in light of all the stuff that we've come through. And even the times that we're in right now, if people would just... Colossians, like you said, 4, 4, 5, and 6. Just mm-hmm. meditate on that. 
and yeah. mark that out. Yeah, open up Colossians 4 tonight, read through chapter 4, and then look at verses 2 through 6 and see if you don't want to make that another point of um, a goal for you this year like it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, David. Boy, this time goes fast. It does. Fastest. We show up, we start talking, it's over. I know, fastest half hour out of Monday. Totally the fastest half hour. <laughs> and it's just us talking now. I know, but, you know. And it still goes fast. Material is eternally out of this I know. world. It's fantastic. It is. So, yeah. Thank you so much for continuing to be part of the program. Makes me look forward to Mondays even that much more. All right. God bless everyone in our listening audience. Have a great week. Amen. Pastor David Miles has been my guest. He is an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern and also a pastor of life groups and leader development pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. David, give me that email address of the church. New Hope Church, MN for Minnesota, dot O-R-G. So New Hope Church, MN dot O-R-G. Nice. All right, when we come back, uh, Professor Ken Samples will be joining me on how to make a persuasive, logical argument. That's all ahead. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.